Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON20. That is, that is new. The old promo code, which was just locked on, is no longer in service. It's locked on 20 for 20% off your first purchase. That's promo code locked on 20 at builtbar.com. Welcome into Locked On Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Monday, March 1st, 2021. We have made it officially to March. This is going to be one of the most stressful months of my life. I'm going to talk about that here in a second, but I do need to mention this is the new rebooted version of Locked On Tigers. And what the reason I say that is, as I talked about last week, the show is going to be longer now. I did, I did fail to mention it's now three segments. We're going to do a three-segment show with two ad breaks, and if you have more advertisers, it's only right that we give you more show, and I'm going to be doing that, and I'm obviously nervous about this for the last year plus, little a year and some change. This has been a, a 20 to 25 minute, or you know, 15 to 25 minute show, and now we're talking 22 to 30 minutes on a consistent basis, uh, not including ad breaks, and that's something that I'm going to have to get used to. I'm going to have to find more topics to talk about, and also, and I think I, I think I brought this up last week, but I'll repeat it, we're now doing five Five days a week. We're back to doing five days a week. The off season is not officially over, but it's pretty darn close. Spring training games started yesterday. The Tigers played a spring training game against the Phillies, and I am going to talk about that. But with a longer podcast means that I will continue to talk more Tigers baseball. I will continue to talk more about the storylines and the goings-on throughout all of Major League Baseball, but I am going to spend a little bit more time probably just in general making this a Chris Castellani podcast. Now, no need to fear, okay, because I'm not going to be spending time talking about politics. I'm not going to transfer over my movie reviews to this channel, but if I'm if I'm feeling a, a type of way, I'm, I'm going to talk about it, and I'm, I'm going to do my best to relay it back to the Tigers, and as I mentioned earlier, this is going to be one of the more stressful months of my life. Now, this does connect back to the Tigers in some way, so bear with me. As you guys know, my beloved Michigan Wolverines basketball team is loaded. I mean, maybe you don't know that, but you should. They are currently number two in the country. They are 17-1 and right now. This is the best Michigan basketball team I've ever watched. And there has been a part of me that has said to myself, I don't know if they're ever going to have a better shot at winning a national title than this year. All the stars seem to be in line for them to do it, and because of that, I'm going to be on edge pretty much this whole month, and I may it may end up being a monumental disappointment, but I did get an email like a week ago of somebody saying, hey man, you seem you seem a bit more tense than usual when talking about the Tigers. Now, I contend, I, I can't spin what the Tigers have done the last four years positively, but there is some truth to the fact that, yeah, I'm, I'm waking up and I'm thinking about my Wolverines, and when I'm not thinking about my Wolverines, I'm thinking about my Tigers, and when I'm not thinking about my Tigers, I'm working. I mean, I'm, I'm a, a man of, of routine at this point. I have to be. So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about them, but I they will be mentioned uh, a little bit on this show because it's a part of my life. And I feel like 
all podcasts are better when there is a personal touch to them. I feel like just going on a podcast and just talking about baseball, just talking about the Tigers, just talking about politics, whatever you want, you need to add a little bit more personality. Otherwise, we could have robots do a podcast, quite frankly, which, in fairness, I would probably listen to. The reason it connects back to the Tigers is because, and I've I've thought about this, because this season will happen, obviously, and they're going to play a full 162, most likely, and I'm excited in the way that I'm always excited, because baseball is my favorite sport. Baseball is a safe haven for me. I want to watch the game, but I have expressed a lot of disappointment in the Tigers' front office and the Tigers' management, and the reason for that is because I think that they've done a poor job. I don't think there's any excuse for the last four years. There's nothing positive that's come out of it other than potential draft picks, and not potential draft picks, but top five picks that hopefully will be a part of a core here going forward. But I think I'm guilty of spending so much time talking about World Series, World Series, World Series. Everyone wants a World Series. But guess what? There's a reason why the Tigers haven't won a World Series since 1984. It's really hard. There's a reason why the Padres have never won a World Series. There's a reason the Mets haven't done it since 86. There's a reason the Indians haven't done it since 44. It's a really difficult thing to do. And yeah, if the Tigers won the World Series, man, it'd be the best moment of my life. I'd I'd cry myself to sleep for a week. I'd go to the parade and cry. Tears would be streaming down my face. I'd be at work thinking about it and crying. It'd be amazing. But I miss the chase. And the reason I bring up the Michigan basketball team is because they're in the middle of of a race right now, a, a race to March Madness, race hopefully to the Final Four. They need one more win to secure a Big Ten championship. And yeah, I miss all of that with the Tigers. I think collectively we will know that we're out of this rebuild when we get to a point where the Tigers are two games back in August of the White Sox and Scooball's pitch in game one, and we know they got a shot. That's a part of the chase, and I, I miss that. Those teams from 20, 2006 to 2016, some were good, some were great, Some were not so good. They should have won at least one World Series in that time. But you can't tell me that every year you didn't come into the season being like, man, they got a shot. This is going to be fun. You can't tell me by summer you weren't sweating things out a little bit, looking at the schedule, looking at the magic numbers by the end of the year. Those were fun teams. Disappointing, yes, but fun nonetheless. I miss that with the Tigers. And I'm going to answer a a few more questions today. I got a lot of mailbag questions uh, on Friday that I didn't get to. I want to talk about all of those, and I am going to talk about the Tigers spring training as well. But with spring training beginning, I think it's fair that we, we don't ignore the little things that have been taken from us during this rebuild. Because a World Series will come or it won't. And yeah, we all want it. Everybody wants it. But I think the deeper this rebuild goes, the more likely it is that there's a generation of Tigers fans who forget what it means to be a part of a pennant chase and the excitement that comes with that. And that's that's scary to to bring to compare it again to Michigan basketball. There was an entire generation of people. Uh, it was nearly my generation. I mean, I, I was 16, 17 before I experienced like a really competitive Michigan basketball team. There was about a 15-year stretch where a generation of people didn't know what it was like to watch a Michigan basketball team competing for a Big Ten title, to watch them making runs through the NCAA tournament. And they lost fans that way. Chrysler Center was a, a dead place for over a decade. It was probably 2011 when things really started popping again when they, you know, they beat Michigan State twice that season and made it to the second round of the tournament, this franchise isn't going to gain it back all at once. And and I think they really need to be cognizant of the fact that there are a lot of people, a lot of fringe fans who have turned their back in the organization. And while I'll never do that because I love my Tigers, I can't blame them necessarily. Like I said, the deeper it goes, the more likely we are to forget what it feels like to just be in the middle of a pennant chase, let alone being on top of one. So that was something I just wanted to talk about in segment number one. Like I said, this is going to be a stressful month for me, and 
this is going to be a longer show. I'm trying to add a little bit more of a personal touch because I do feel like sometimes I have a tendency to be a little bit, you know, routine-oriented, overly routine-oriented. So I'm trying not to be. When I come back in segment number two, we're going to talk about a spring training game that went down yesterday. How about that? Tigers played a spring training game against the Phillies. Talk about that in segment number two. We'll be right back. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. And Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. Welcome back, everybody. Just letting you know that this segment is brought to you by Locked On Today. We're covering everything you need to know about the Tigers on this podcast, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I apologize for what was a a very strange, kind of disjointed first segment. I didn't think it was bad, but I rambled as I I always have a tendency to do. But my my feelings remain the same. And I guess maybe I should have been a bit more clear, but I I am excited for this Tiger season. I'm excited to see Hinch be the manager. I'm excited to see what some of the young guys can do. But I'd be lying if there wasn't a little bit of emptiness to all of this, because I know there's there's not going to be a chase. This team will be out of the playoff hunt by June, and that's even that's if they have a good first two months, which I don't even know if they're going to do that. There's there's a bit of an empty feeling knowing that you're kind of headed to something that probably isn't very pretty, but I am excited for it nonetheless. And the reason I, I brought all of it up, of course, as I mentioned in the first segment, was that spring training games started yesterday. Now, I, I do not mean to be a buzzkill. I do not. At all, And if people were excited about yesterday's game, man, I'm really happy for you. Honestly, I'm happy that you could look at yesterday and say, hey, baseball season has officially begun. I am not that guy. I've never been that guy. I, 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 don't, I don't look at yesterday's games and say, oh man, baseball's begun. I say, no, uh, glorified scrimmages have begun. This is not, this is not real baseball. I, I'm, it's the same way with like preseason football and people are like, the NFL is back. No, the NFL for like a quarter and a half is back. Then we're going to see a bunch of scrubs who are trying to make a team. That's kind of how I feel about spring training. Now, the deeper it goes, of course, the more excited I get, the, the more glimpses we see of some of the young prospects, because that's what I'm most excited for. Like, I think for the most part, 22 of the 26 players that are going to make this roster know already they're going to make the roster. Like, there's no mystery about Miguel Cabrera, and Riley Green isn't going to make the, the team out of spring training. Spencer Torkelson's not going to make the team out of spring training, but it's still fun to watch them because that is a glimpse into what will hopefully, fingers crossed, be a very bright future, the, the next chapter of Detroit Tigers baseball. Now, the Tigers played yesterday, and it was a seven-inning affair against the Philadelphia Phillies. I forgot to mention that. It looks like a lot of the early spring training games will only be six, seven innings, and then they'll kind of transition into full nine-inning games by the end of spring training. Whatever. Like, you know, it's spring training. I'm not, I, I, can't, I can't complain about that. The Tigers won. They won by a score of 10 to 2. I'm not going to read off all the stats, but the the lineup, the starting lineup went Willie Castro, Jamer Candelario, Kristen Stewart, Wilson Ramos, Harold Castro, Jacoby Jones, Akil Badu, who I've, I haven't talked much about, Daniel Panero, the first baseman, and Dustin Garneau at catcher. You had Wilson Ramos batting fourth as the DH. You saw a glimpse of what some of the pitchers on the staff may look like. Tyler Alexander, Derek Holland, Ian Kroll all pitched 
several innings. Tyler Alexander started and pitched two innings. One of the big moments of this game that some people on Tigers Twitter were going nuts about was that Willie Castro in his first at-bat, which was the first at-bat of the game for the Tigers, led off with a 458-foot blast. Now, he had, admittedly, if you just look at the basic numbers, had a pretty darn good season a year ago. Now, I'm skeptical for two reasons. One, his baseball savant page does not support how good his numbers actually were, which would imply that he was the beneficiary of a lot of good luck a season ago. I've talked about that ad nauseum before, so I'm not really going to go on about that a ton. And two, shortened season. Again, repeating myself, but hey, we're we're on to spring training now, so I got to say it again, that 90% of players last year, what they did doesn't impact how I feel about them as a player. I, Cody Bellinger is one of the best players in baseball, had a 700-something OPS a year ago. He was not very good. There are those certain players, though, where you look at it and say, okay, maybe this guy has turned a corner or maybe this guy's starting to to slide. Javi Baez was awful a season ago. So I don't put a ton of stock into what Willie Castro did last season, but he had surpassed expectations, I feel like, offensively down in the minor leagues. I remember when that trade happened, that was 2018. He was part of the Leonis Martin deal, sending Leonis Martin to the Indians and the Tigers got Willie Castro back. That was one of the few Avila moves where everyone said, hey man, that's that's a pretty good haul for the Tigers. And he was pretty good offensively down in the minor leagues. There's nobody defensively who thinks he's very good. He made a lot of errors, has a a fair amount of speed and athleticism, but is a little bit erratic when it comes to his fielding. He's going to be given an opportunity this year. AJ Hinch has spoken about him on multiple occasions as being a guy that he thinks they could really do something with. He likes his bat, likes his athleticism, and ultimately you have Nico Goodrum, who last year was this team's starting shortstop, and for the latter part of, of 2019 was their short, starting shortstop as well, but didn't have a good year at all with the bat. That's another one of those guys where you got to show me something. Like he, he, he was a nice little surprise in 2018 and 2019. Tigers got him from the Twins for nothing. I believe the Twins released him, and he, he was, you know, he's all right. Showed a bit of upside his first two years. Wasn't good at all a season ago. I think him and Castor are going to split reps there at starting shortstop, but Hinch has also talked about the idea of moving Goodrum around the diamond. He loves his utility players, and Willie Castro, outside of, you know, maybe playing a little bit of second, has not been known to be a very versatile defender, so he'd probably have to be stuck at short, at least for one season. Hopefully they sign somebody after 2021 with the plethora of shortstops that are going to be hitting the free agent market. You know, with all of these spring training games, I kind of just pay attention to one or two players. I want to see what one or two players do, and look, you lead off spring training with a 458-foot blast. That is that is pretty impressive. This is a guy who people believe has a fair amount of sock. Now, 458 feet, that's that's monster power. Now, he also did it off of former Tiger Ivan Nova who is now part of the Phillies organization. So take it with a grain of salt. In terms of the pitching, there was one guy that I wanted to focus in on because I can't I can't get it out of my head the thought that he's going to end up making this team out of spring training and be a part of the bullpen, and that's Derek Holland. Derek Holland's not very good anymore. He hasn't been for a while. But the Tigers signed several guys to minor league pitching contracts. Erasmo, Erasmo Ramirez, Derek Holland just to name a few, Ian Kroll, and I feel like one of those guys is going to make the team out of spring training, and the one that is probably most likely to do so is Derek Holland, because Derek Holland, especially with the Pirates a season ago, completely failed as a starter. I mean, against the Tigers, he gave up, what, four home runs in the first inning, 
in that one start against them in PNC. But I think of the guys I just named, he's probably the one with the best stuff. I mean, Ian Kroll's stuff was always fine, but Ian Kroll was never a very good major league pitcher. I think in 2015 or 2016, he had an all right year with with some Braves teams that weren't any good, but that doesn't really count. Even if he doesn't make the team out of spring training, I bet he'll be one of the first to get called up if somebody does get injured. Veteran arm has been relatively durable over the last several seasons. Good clubhouse guy. So I could see him getting called up at some point. Did pitch an inning yesterday. One inning, one hit, and two strikeouts. We'll see. I've only t- I haven't only haven't talked about him a ton. I mean, I've discussed him a little bit because I just, I just thought it was just a nothing signing and there were things that I found more interesting that I wanted to talk about. But keep an eye out for him because I think if he has a really good spring training, he may be a guy who could make that 26-man roster come opening day. So that'll do it for segment number two. Got one more ad break, and when we return, I do want to talk about one more question that I got uh, for the mailbag show on Friday that I, that I didn't get a chance to answer. We'll be right back. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, 6 new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Just want to remind people that this segment, segment number three, is brought to you by Lockdown MLB. Join walking baseball encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, every day on Lockdown MLB for a unique look at the majors both present and past, featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Lockdown MLB Network's team of local experts, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Lockdown MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk, subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back, everybody, for the final segment. Ooh, ooh, a three-segment show. I can feel it cooking. I feel it coming. I feel it coming, babe. I got one question from Caleb Maiko. He is at CalebTB4 on Twitter. He asked the question, Do you think all the hype surrounding A.J. Hinch right now is overstated a little bit? I could get that he could be doing stuff different than Guardy, but he'll still probably only be able to add a couple more wins as a manager. That is a good question, and it's something I've talked about a little bit with A.J. You know, There's so much discussion. People go back and forth saying a manager can only win you X amount of games or do this for you. I think the most important thing that a manager can do is... Uh, instill a culture, change a mindset. I talked about that with Leland, where yes, Leland, near the end of his tenure, did a lot of things that were, eh, but you know what? The guy taught the organization how to win again. Like, I, I still would view his tenure as a success considering what he was able to do. I think what he was able to do far outweighs what he wasn't able to do in Detroit. In terms of the hype, I mean, it's all relative. I don't know of anyone who said that A.J. Hinch is going to come in right away and win 90 games. I mean, I don't think anybody believes that. I think A.J. Hinch 
might believe that because AJ Hinch, he's a winner. He's got the mindset of a winner. So uh, to me, it's justified hype. AJ Hinch is probably the best manager in baseball. Like if you really want to go through it, who's one that you think is better? Dave Roberts? I don't think so. Bob Melvin hasn't won anything. I mean, I know he's limited there in Oakland, but I don't think you can count him. Aaron Boone, good manager, but hasn't been there for very long. Rocco Baldelli's done a good job in two years in Minnesota, but they're still unproven. They still haven't won a playoff game since the Bush administration. Kevin Cash might be the only other one, but and Kevin Cash is great. Kevin Cash is an amazing manager. He does a great job with the Rays. I mean, I think he's kind of a pawn of that whole system that they have there. I think many of the the decisions he makes uh, are in perfect lockstep with what the organization in the front office wants him to do, but he does a great job. That team overachieves pretty much every year. You could probably put him ahead of Hinch, but I still think back to that horrible decision to pull Snell in Game 6 of last year's World Series. I mean, I think that's that sticks with a guy kind of for his whole career, really. So either way, if he's not number one, he's number two. And considering how bad this this team has been over the last several years, the fact that they fell into a top two or three manager in the game is stunning. Now, it's completely fair to say that he's selling hope. I mean, it's impossible for him to sell results right now. He hasn't had any, and he won't have any this season. I think he's going to work his absolute butt off to try to get this team to win the most games that they can. And I encourage that. Like, the reason I didn't hate Gardy was because Gardy fell in line with what the organization wanted. They they wanted him to lose, and they lost a ton of games. If he would have been trying to win, I probably would have been a lot more critical of him, but it didn't matter. The team was awful. I think Hinch is going to try his best to do the most with what he's given. I think he's going to receive a very rude awakening because... I don't know, the team's not any good, and they don't have good players, and they don't have a good roster, but I I do understand the excitement. I really do, because I think that when Gardy was here, as I brought up many times, I think there was an attitude, I won't say an attitude problem, but I think there was a culture of loserdom. I think there was kind of a a complacency to how they went about their business. I I do think Hinch is going to instill something new. I I think he's he's been adamant of being like, you know what, I don't know how good this team is going to be, but every team I have is going to be capable of winning tomorrow, and I don't think it's been that way over the last several years. And I said it with all the young guys too, especially the guys who have been on some of these teams that have lost 98, 100 plus games that have gotten, you know, top five draft picks. They got to learn how to win again. Yeah, if there's any articles that are written saying that AJ Hinch in year one or two is going to win 95 games, then yeah, if if that's the case, then the hype is absolutely overstated. But I think in terms of what he he will do here, he's going to do all he can to ensure that they're putting at least a mildly respectable product onto the field. The ball is going to end up completely being in Avila and Illich's hands. The problem here will not be the manager. Not saying that Gardy was, but Gardy wasn't anything great. So that will do it for the first three-segment marathon show of Locked on Tigers. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. You know, I'm really, I'm still working through some stuff. I've been uh, opening up and, and trying to find a way to come back to social media and get ready to fall back into that hail of gunfire that is people tweeting at you telling you that you're terrible. But you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Tigers for more updates while you're at it. Go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written positive five-star review of this program. That would be much appreciated. I will be right back here tomorrow with another three-segment show talking Tigers news, talking baseball news. Thank you very much for tuning in, everybody. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.